A reading from the 119th Psalm, beginning with verse 1. Happy are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Happy are those who keep His decrees, who seek Him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong, but walk in His ways. You have commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes. Then I shall not be put to shame, having my eyes fixed on all your commandments. I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous ordinances. I will observe your statutes. Do not utterly forsake me. The word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. The children come forward. The gospel according to Matthew, beginning with the 21st verse. Jesus is speaking. You have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not murder. And whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that if you are angry with a brother or sister, you will be liable to judgment. And if you insult a brother or sister, you will be liable to the council. And if you say you fool, you will be liable to the hell of fire. So when you are offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother or sister, and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are on the way to court with him, or your accuser may hand you over to the judge, and the judge to the guard, and you will be thrown into prison. Truly I tell you, You will never get out until you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to go into hell. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that anyone who divorces his wife except on the ground of unchastity causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not swear falsely, but carry out the vows you have made to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool. Or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. 
And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let your word be yes, yes, or no, no. Any more than this comes from the evil one. The word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks Thanks be to God. You may be seated. So I want to offer you a quick recap of what we have learned from the gospel according to Matthew thus far. Number one, by adoption into Joseph's family, Jesus' family is a mishmash of people with various reputations and some of them not that great. Number two, he's named Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Number three, he will be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. Number four, King Herod didn't want anything to do with a born uh, child, born a baby, born a king, did he? Wanted to kill him. Number five, the Magi bowed down and worshipped Jesus. And then later, Jesus will tell the devil that you bow down and worship no one but God. Remember number three, he's God with us. And then... When the time came, Jesus was baptized by John to fulfill all righteousness, which means to meet the purposes of the Father in sending the Son. And then Jesus was led into the desert to be tempted by the devil, and yet he was obedient to the Father's plan. And when he heard that John had been put in prison, instead of withering away and hiding, he began to preach and came to Galilee and traveled around Galilee because he is God with us. And then, having seen the crowd that was around him, he retreated up the mountain and his disciples came to him. And he spoke the Beatitudes that we heard last week. And he said that we, the church, that he has called into existence, are the salt of the earth, and the light of the world. All of these actions have something in common. They are all due to the kingdom having come in Jesus Christ, in his own being and his presence with us. And also, they are all done by the one whom an angel said would be called God with us. These things that we have heard him do and say thus far have all been the actions of Almighty God in our presence. So when when we hear today's text from Matthew, we would do well not to hear it as a set of fancy ethics or to hear Jesus as some sort of ethicist who is concerned with what the law allows us to get away with. important for us not to think that he's showing us the loopholes or to think that he's just some mere teacher for he is Emmanuel God with us 
We are not receiving instruction on what God will allow us to get away with. Rather, we are glimpsing the heart of God. The very heart of God that exists in the law. And that heart, dear ones, calls us to relationships. It calls us to the same kinds of friendships that I described to the children a short while ago. Emmanuel, God with us, is speaking as one who is forming a new community which will have the law written on its very heart so that keeping the law is no longer a means of escaping condemnation but instead is done in free, joyful obedience to Christ in order to be formed into the community which has as its heart love of God and love of our neighbors. And so the Proverbs tell us to above all else to guard our hearts. For our hearts are the wellspring of life. So I ask you, dear ones, what does murder accomplish? Does it not destroy relationships? And what about anger? Does anger bind us to one another in love? Does it renew another person's well-being? Have you ever seen your anger benefit your neighbor? Is anger itself not destructive? Is it not one of the heart's greatest enemies? And what about adultery? Do we suppose that adultery builds up the brokenhearted? Does it not destroy the sense of sexuality as God's good gift to us? And what about lust? Is it not the gateway to the death that we experience in adultery? Have we not heard the proverb, death and hell are never full, and neither are the eyes of men? And why do we suppose that Jesus would intensify the conditions for divorce? And why is it such a bad thing to make our declarations of truth with a good old-fashioned, I swear to God, it's true. Why has the Son of God, God with us, given His church this instruction? Isn't a lie nothing more than murdering the truth? Isn't it true that if we tie someone to us in marriage without fidelity, to the human flourishing that marriage is intended to bring forth, that we deny the goodness of creation. Male and female, he created them for one another. To treat another person as the object of our lust, does that not deny their personhood and dehumanize them? 
as our own plaything and not a being made in the image of God? Is it not true that if we refuse to reconcile with a brother or sister, that we deny the very possibility of forgiveness even for ourselves? If we insult and bear anger toward another disciple, do we not treat as a common thing the new community born through the shed blood of the Son of God? As we say in the great thanksgiving by the baptism of His suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church. All of these things that Jesus has named into our hearing this morning have the power to destroy us and destroy our witness in the world. They make us liable to judgment. At the very least, we have been warned again, not by some literal ethicist who would force us to do right, but by the Son of God who is making us to be a new creation in the world. Salt to the earth and light to penetrate the darkness. A community that knows grace and is a sign of God's grace in the world and extends the offer of grace and its promise of the forgiveness of sins to everyone around us. If we do not heed his teaching. The things that he names will destroy our ability to share the good news of Jesus Christ. In some ways, we might convince ourselves that Jesus' list is descending in importance. Murder, adultery, divorce, lies. But author Stanley Hauerwas reminds us that Dietrich Bonhoeffer, Bonhoeffer who was executed for standing up to Hitler, a pastor who stood up to Hitler and was put to death, wrote these words. He observed that oaths are a sign that we live in a world of lies. If we must raise our hand and say, I swear, it means that we live in a world of lies. And he later says this about lying. Only the cross is God's truth about us makes us truthful. Those who know the cross no longer shy away from any truth. Those who lie under the cross can do without the oath as a com <clears throat> commandment establishing truthfulness. For they exist in the perfect truth of God. There is no truth toward Jesus without truth toward other people. And this next sentence is the most important. Lying destroys community. When we lie about who we are, either about our failings or about our purpose in Christ, we destroy the community God intends for us to live in. Is not the act of murdering someone simply lying about our having the authority to take human life? 
Is not anger nothing more than lying about the God-empowered possibility of forgiveness and reconciliation? Is not adultery nothing more than lying about the purpose of human relationships to honor God through the deepest of loves? Is not wanton divorce outside of the bounds that Jesus sets nothing more than lying about the hardness of our hearts? Is not lying nothing more than a a denial of our creation? Through the spoken word of the one who is all truth. Jesus places truth directly before us. Murder, anger, and the like do nothing more than destroy our relationships and prevent the church from being all that we have been created to be, which is salt of the earth. In the light of the world. God with us. Through this teaching. Shows us what we are not to be. We are not being conformed to the image of Christ. For the purpose of being on our own. There is no Jesus in me. It is Jesus in us. We are being formed into a community of friendship and life to resist the evils of this world and to stand and point to the cross. We are being formed as a community that people can find rest in in the same way that Jesus said the birds of the air find rest in the mustard bush that grows from the smallest of seeds. But anger and lust would destroy that. And lying takes the heart of the church. We are being formed into a community that reflects God's reign on the earth. The one who makes this possible has today warned us of the pitfalls that would cause us to become liable to judgment or even worse, to be mouthpieces for hell itself. I know that we may not feel that we are yet strong enough to comply with the standard that Jesus holds up before us But it is not a standard. It's life. What he holds up before us is a life of loving God and loving our neighbor as ourselves. He holds up before us freedom. A life not strangled by sin and death, but a life lived in thankfulness and gratitude for who we are being created to be. I'm grateful for three words that Jesus said in chapter 4 of this gospel. When he came to Simon and Andrew, he said, follow me and I will make you fish for people. And the words that my heart turned to as I read this text today is Jesus saying, I will make you 
It's a promise of transformation, church. That the hurts that anger and lust and murder and divorce and lying have bound us up in can be released. That they will be torn down and we will be formed as a new people. To love and embrace one another and bear one another's burdens in good times and in bad. To lift up joys together and to have life together in the name of Christ. But these trappings that the world holds forth would steal that from us. I would almost be willing to bet my big toe that some car company will sell a car tonight during the Super Bowl with a leggy model. Anybody want to risk that bet? What does that say about the world's view of life and love and hope? We church know better because we know who God is with us. We know Jesus. We know what true life really is. And so today... Could we not hear a similar promise to him as he says, follow me and I will make you into a community that bears witness to life and truth in the midst of lies and death. Bonhoeffer was right. We live in a world of lies. Lies are used to constrict our thoughts and to sell us everything from deodorant to toothpaste to cars. And even other people. If we believe that murder and anger make us liable to judgment. Perhaps we might also believe that Christ's call on our lives makes us liable to grace. And the power of the Holy Spirit who can free us to be a joyful people who are obedient to God. To be the community our Lord has described. Do we dare hope that together, we who are His church are being conformed to His image for that purpose? Do we dare to hope that He is making us salt of the earth and the light of the world? So I say for us, Lord, have mercy upon us. In those moments when we fail to be the community defined by relationship with you, when we fail to be salt and light, forgive us and renew us, good Lord. Amen.